0: So, today we're going to interview our very own host, Sabrina.
1: Hey, y'all.
0: So, we want to get your perspective on running, love, but let's just start off on when did your run journey begin? Um, well, I guess I was sort of.
1: I was a runner cause I ran track in school. And then once I was out of school, I started running just to maintain my weight. Cause you know, she started losing weight. She get older. So I would do a couple of miles here and there. Um, and, but I didn't really start doing full out endurance runs until I moved back to Chicago. And I found Black Girls Run, BGR. And that's when I began training for my first half marathon and my first marathon, triathlons, and so forth. So that was, I think, 2012. So
0: I've been running endurance runs ever since. Now let me actually you, so it sound like you've been doing it for a while? How have you been able to balance that? with your family. And tell us about the dynamics of your family. Okay. Well,
1: starting out, um, like I said, I would run a couple of miles there and there. Once I had my son, while I was married, it was hard. So that's when I began to um, allocate morning time for my workout. But I was always on the treadmill because it was still dark outside. That was the only time I had to myself before everyone woke up. Um, And actually I've been doing morning workouts ever since. So that, he was born in 98. Um, So that way I can still have that balance. Um, Now that I'm divorced, you know, my son, he's away at college now. My time is my time, but like I said, I still keep it in the mornings because it's just easy. Easier, not easy, but easier to get it in. Because I know for me, if I do it in after work, I'm not going to do it. It's like you get caught up in everything else once you go home. So. But um, can I just make it a priority?
0: Yeah, <laughs> so since then, I- would presume you dated as exercising running how has it played an impact on your relationships or has it played an impact at all? Um it does now. I need somebody who at least is health minded or active. Active right so they know the requirement is they don't have to run like you. Right. They just have to have Active lifestyle. Active lifestyle, with health in
1: mind, okay, wanting gosh, to improve himself. <laughs> <got it> right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, you have to have a healthy lifestyle. That also includes diet. Like I said, I was always trying to keep an open mind, but realized me trying to conform to them, wasn't I was not working. working. I was gaining weight, and I wasn't working out. And this is. Health and fitness really has always been a part of my life. So and I already know, because of my body type and the relationship that I have with food, yeah. I will always have to work out. But I enjoy it, so
0: yeah. Having someone well, with the play same devils, mindset. Devils, like that, uh-huh. Being a runner. Also, you know we can get extremely required. Addicted? I don't think that's the word I'm looking for. And rigid about our exercise Yes. Especially if you're training, it can become our singular focus. Yeah. And we forget to, about everything that's happening around us, uh-huh. especially training season. Right. Because it consumes our time. So, what do you say, having someone that was somewhat opposite of you? that allow you to kind of let your head down uh-huh. would be a good thing in, in some respects yeah in some way because then when
1: there's that person that's the opposite you learn you can learn from them you get exposed to different things so that's fine like i said they don't have to be a runner but we have to have a mindset and want to live a healthy lifestyle so, but that includes that includes a variety of things, different exercises. But it's great when you can, when you do have someone to share that with, and uh, you know, when you have goals, someone to cheer you on, support you, and vice versa. If they're, you know, have their goals, you're there for each other to help each other out to reach those goals. So, but it doesn't have to be the same arena as like running.
0: How have you connected with those that were like-minded? Me? Mean, it was actually a pretty easy transition.
1: A lot of times, and that's what most of the conversations centered around: running, races, um, whatever, the latest news within the running community. So you have that in common
0: with the person. Did you find it to drive you more, be more competitive with that person? Well, I did. One guy
1: went out with Of course, he was faster and we would run together. So it pushed me to uh, be able to, I mean, he would slow down for me, but it pushed me to try and go faster to keep up with him. So he wouldn't have to slow down as much.
0: So I would say it made made me a better runner. Um, So the ultimate question out of all of your dating experiences, have you found love on the run? (laughs) Well,
1: I have. Through running, I have found relationships and I'm on the run
0: so we shall see. So what advice would you give to the single parent, single person that's looking for love, that's exercising, or married to the gym and don't want to commit to love just what would you tell that person
1: well i believe to go through life first of all to go through life without love that's you just doing yourself a major injustice like we said with being in love with someone comes with all kinds of challenges but it also has it's rewards, and as human beings, it's in us to love. So, when you deny that of yourself, deny yourself to love someone, cut yourself off, you're not being true to your full self. I'm, I love love, I believe in love with all its challenges and obstacles, but I also. Like I said, I feel like that's life. And to be able to love puts you in a position to be vulnerable to someone and you learn, you can learn more about yourself really by loving someone else. But also for those single women that, you know, that's on their grind, I get it, but don't deny yourself the opportunity to love and be loved. And to those that are single mothers, single parents, and they're finding themselves not being able to exercise because of schedule demands, your kids' schedule, don't let that stop you. Making, putting yourself as a priority is okay. It's self-love, it's not selfish, but you have to make time to love on yourself to improve your health so that you can be there for your kids because if you deny your own health you deny yourself the opportunity to live a long healthy life for your kids and you can't be there for them if you're not there for yourself so don't let that be an obstacle find time even if it's just 30 minutes I said in the morning, that's what I had to do. It's yes, yeah. hard, I had to get up early, but I felt better afterwards. Every time. This morning was a struggle. Oh but my to
0: tell me about it. Yeah. Same.
1: We're at the end of our run, and I'm better for it that I did get up. I'm glad I
0: did. I have this mantra that I tell myself because I'm ultimately in competition with myself. Uh-huh. I'm gonna show you. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to show you because sometimes the other part of it just like you said, this morning is cold, It's towards the end of the week, which is the most difficult.
1: Right, the end of the week is hard to, uh, to get motivated. Get and it's winter, we're in Chicago, cold. But it's, it's these cold.
0: type of runs that count. <laughs>
1: exactly, because so. it gets you ready for when it is warmer. And it, it makes you stronger a better person for it. Absolutely. Today, we have Earl Sewell with us. Earl is a, another avid runner who's single. So we're getting this perspective on love on the run from a single male viewpoint. And we're going to turn it over. Earl, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Hey, tell? Tail. <laughs> I've been a athlete, most of my life. Uh, got into distance endurance races in my late 20s, early 30s. I use it as a way to manage stress, to give mental clarity, and to mainly deal with uh, things like anxiety, uncertainty, those sorts of things. It's a great physical fitness. It's a great countermeasure to the stressors of life.
1: Yeah. Okay. So. As far as your relationship status, history, however much you want to tell us, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, you know, as a, walk a as a maturing to, as a mature <clears throat> male and man, there has been times where I've had great relationships and times where relationships just didn't work. So. At this point, I would say when it comes to that, as crazy as it sounds, I'm still learning. But more, not about, I would say women, but more about myself and what it is I truly want. Instead of going off of the conditioning and training I got as a young man that has carried its way all the way up until Middle age, and a lot of the ch- conditioning and messaging messaging I got as a young man was that women are primarily for pleasure. our society mm-hmm. keeps perpetuating it in our music and that sort of things and our and so. I think our society has a tendency to focus on what's pleasurable rather than what's uncomfortable. And so, as a guy, I have and had a tendency to always focus on what's going to give me the greatest amount of pleasure with the least amount of drama. Mm -hmm.
0: And
2: And as you know, every relationship is not going to be all sunshine and rainbows every day. Every day is not going to be like that. There are going to be a lot of difficult days and a lot of difficult conversations and a lot of difficult circumstances and situations. However, I think where where things went a little wrong and I can't speak for every man, but I think our society doesn't really encourage men to have emotional intelligence okay and so for example you're a little boy seven or eight something goes wrong and you get hurt the first thing people tell you is to suck it up and be a man or my little big man Mm -hmm. and the messaging is that those emotions of pain anxiety stress whatever are not part of the male should not be part of the male persona in fact when it comes to emotional intelligence and emotional things, men are only given a few instances in life where they're allowed to cry publicly. Yeah. Can you name one of them?
1: Death of the mama. Death of the mama. mama.
2: When's another one that a man can cry publicly and it's acceptable?
1: I would say. Or death. I guess of a
2: father.
0: A child is born. Child, child is, is
2: born, born number two. Yeah. Give me another one. Anymore? A wedding. Uh, a wedding. You can do that. Let me ask you this. When's it okay for a woman to cry and release those emotions?
0: All the time. Bingo. So you're constantly- Is it though? I wouldn't agree with that. Well,
1: we're perceived as emotional and because I wouldn't agree
0: with that. PMS,
1: we're perceived as unhinged and, like I said, emotional. So, not saying that's, that's acceptable. That's debatable. But it's, the perception is out there that we are. Yeah, not everyone is like that. Some women hold it in too. But what you're saying, how does that fit in with dating? Dating well, and, sure. and in relation to your health okay. and fitness life goals, lifestyle and goals.
2: Okay, in dating as you go along in dating. A question that will always come up from a woman, what are you thinking and how are you feeling? And the man's reaction is usually, (laughs) none. Because we don't know. We don't know. Because for years, decades, or whatever, whenever something emotional came up, you had to suppress it. Because it was a threat to your masculinity to be seen as an emotional man you have to be seen as a stone as a rock and you ain't nothing but somebody that's weak or homosexual if you start crying or show that human emotion and it's like we're emotional too but when we try to suppress our own emotions and not let them flow through It's like trying to hold a gorilla in a trash can. If you think of your emotions as King Kong, and you try to put that in a trash can, guess what? King Kong is going to bust out. And it may be in an explosive way, in a relationship. Oh, wow. Uh Keep on. An explosive way, in a relationship, the inability Uh, to just manage the ebbs and flow of that energy. Uh So a lot of men, we try to numb out so that we don't feel that, those unwanted emotions, we only feel the good ones. So we will numb out alcoholism, drugs, sex, uh, doing crazy things, risking our lives, we do all of that so that we are constantly on a pleasure high and never understanding a
1: how well, to process it
2: right the full emotions. the full spectrum of emotional health yeah. and emotional well-being so it comes up in relationships when people ask you know well what are you thinking or how do you feel and a lot of men honestly don't know whereas if you ask the average rank and file woman She can give you a whole list of emotions that are happening all at the same time. And sometimes men will look at that, like, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Because uh, it just, at least in my generation, I don't know about this new generation that's coming up, but as a Gen Xer, you just, and, and from where I come from, that just was not acceptable.
0: Now, define a Gen Xer. What age group do you consider so, that a Gen for those X-er, that don't?
2: Yeah, so a Gen Xer is a middle-aged one. Let's say a Gen Xer, so if you were born between 1965 and 1980, in that range, you're a Gen Xer.
0: Because I almost feel like that's the forgotten group. It you is. You always hear about baby boomers and millennials. Millennials.
2: <coughs> yeah, we're the ones, we're the ones we're that grew up.
0: in between. Yeah, we're that's the
2: ones too. that grew up on television commercials, Latchy we were latchkey kids. kids. Yeah. We were the generation that was marketed to heavily when it came to food products, which is a good segue to nutrition. TV dinners. Right, because- Hungry man. Right, be, because if you came from a household where you had a single parent or two parents, they were working all the time and mama wasn't coming home <laughs> all the time necessarily standing up in front of a stove. Right. So she was like, you got this, Hungry man dinner with Salisbury steak and <laughs> processed mashed potatoes. With gravy and macaroni and cheese? Right, and then they invented <laughs> the microwave where you could go and nuke it. Right, right. So, mom could have dinner for everybody in under 15 minutes. <laughs> Not realizing what that was doing to our health.
0: So yeah. is dating as a Gen Xer? and what you're talking about emotional intelligence what are you looking for in a woman in terms of compatibility when you are dating so
2: she has to be first of all she has to, she has to be smart I'm, I like brainy women I like you I like your brain first. If I can connect to you intellectually, you've got me. What I don't want is, or I think a lot of men don't want, is they get a woman and they're going along and you've revealed all of your weak spots. Vulnerabilities. You've revealed all of your weak spots. You've revealed yourself. Men don't want that to come back. Don't want women to weaponize that.
0: So you're saying if
1: the man reveal the weak spots, they don't want the woman to come back? And weaponize that. And weaponize In other words,
2: see, that's the reason why you blah, 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 blah.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
2: Because a man's going to shut down the emotions. He's not going to go through the phases of oh, your comments really hurt me, or they really upset me, or I didn't like the tone of what you said, he's gonna shut down and here comes King Kong, thumping his chest, saying, how dare you? And uh so man doesn't want that. However, if you know your man, you know his mood swings, or, you, or, or, or you're both just as equally intelligent about each other. And you know what's going to be a trigger. So I think that part of the relationship process, you have to ask a person before you start laying down with them, having sex with them, doing anything else like that with them, you have to ask critical questions like, how does anger show up for you? That's important to know. What does success look like for you? How are you with money? Let's have a dignified conversation about money. No judgments, just where are you? How are you with your family members? Who has emotional strings on you?
1: Who can, ah, that's a good one. Who wow.
2: is it that can pull you out of this relationship or into an emotional tailspin at a dime's notice and why? See, you got to get past all of the, oh, the sex was the bomb, the sex was so good, and I feel good in this moment. But then, six months down the road, you realize this person has an alcoholism problem. (laughs) Or this person has trouble paying their bills on time. Or every time I turn around, this person's at the mall shopping, spending money they don't have. Now, how am I going to grow anything if I'm learning later on that you have no self-control in these critical areas of your life? Now, nobody's perfect, but again, there's some things at this stage that are just damn red flags. And you get to choose whether or not you want to go into that vortex of dysfunction with somebody else also realizing you're bringing your own vortex of dysfunction into it, and they have to choose whether they wanna be dealing with you.
1: Yeah. Does health and fitness fit into that for you as far as dating and what you're looking for? So
2: for the ego side of me, because men have egos, for the ego side of me, the fitness really strokes the ego. Ego is where a lot of male confidence is. For example, when a man is physically fit and he knows it, he has something called the cock of the walk.
0: <laughs> the, cock of a walk okay. the cock of the walk. The cock of
2: the walk. So, in other words, when a man strolls down and he's confident in himself, he has a certain black man stroll. Yeah.
1: In uh, other words, he knows he has options.
2: Yeah, it's like Denzel has a stroll, Obama, okay. Obama
0: has, has a, a yeah.
2: stroll, and even men can look at that stroll and say, God damn, I need my, <laughs> I need my rhythm to reflect that. Mm-hmm. So how it relates to relationship, for me, you have to be a woman who's into fitness, because. Let's face it, when you have a training partner that you can work out with that's just as, that y'all are on the same page, it makes a difference with the relationship.
0: Yeah.
2: It makes a difference in the bedroom. It makes a difference with how you handle the stressors of life. And this is not, oh, what I'm going to do. Don't you ever get with somebody, if you're a person who's physically fit and you meet somebody say, oh, I would like to do that or I'm going to try to do that. I say, nope, catch me once you've done it for a while and you're consistent because there's a difference between somebody talking about what they're going to do and what somebody's already doing. So if you meet somebody that's already doing it, man, that learning curve is much shorter and then it's attractiveness
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
2: men like to know that the woman on their arms is attractive to a point that other men can look at her say damn with to go, man you know you better keep that
1: that's feeding
2: into the ego though that's feeding into the ego which is where we have a lot of our sense of self-worth
1: it's not, not- that's right you just saying that's a reality. That's
2: reality. Okay. Same thing, I think, may go for a woman. She doesn't necessarily want a couch potato. She like
1: do. What do women do? Actually, I just recently saw a post this week, and they had different men, pictures of different men, and they were basically, which one would you pick? And a lot of women women, picked the big guy, the, uh, what's his the name from Miami? Rick Ross or somebody? Rick Ross. It was his body type. I don't know Why what he looks like now.
2: What do you think that
1: is? I think it's maybe they, there's some type of symbolic symbolism, some symbolism for protection maybe, because he's a big guy. He'll be able to protect me maybe. But he got
2: cardiovascular issues.
1: Well, of course, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Like that's not healthy. Well, but everyone doesn't think that way.
2: Well, here's what someone told me once. I'll pick the big man like that so other women ain't looking at him. I know I got him. And the amount of women that's gonna look at him, they're not gonna look at him a second time because of that. But if you're young, if you're mature, if you're young and buff, you got it through youth. But as you age and you keep that up, for a man who hits a certain age and you know that you can still be attractive, we will work hard if you're that type of guy to maintain that.
0: I don't know. I think for women it's kind of different. Because I think if, as a man, you have good qualities, like you show that you're a protector. You're loving caring. not yeah. caring. The looks aren't that big of a deal like it is for, of course it plays a role. Yeah. But it's not that big of a deal. Like it is for a, a man, I think. That's true. We look at <coughs> we're everyone
1: is visual. Yeah. But we go beyond the visual.
0: It's connect. Well, see, right.
2: Well, see, that's another thing where there's a disconnect, I think, in Western culture, and how men and women are raised. Boys, at least in my generation, in my little Chicago community, you didn't look at women beyond a pleasure thing. It's like, and even when we had our mamas, the only person that could had that was Mama and Grandmama, and no man better come mess with Mama, Grandmama, Auntie, whatever. Feelings, but for the most part, I think personally, that's where the disconnect is, <laughs> where you don't learn that stuff. That stuff has to be taught, and this is where, right, a passage comes in. There are no more, at least that I know of, where you have young men, where they have other men teaching them rites of passage into manhood. Because a boy needs a mentor, a real strong figure between the ages of 11 to 21. You need a strong male mentor or mentees that can help you through that stage and lay the foundations of integrity, moral responsibilities, and things like that. But so many men who are fathers didn't get it themselves, so they become fathers and don't know how. True. Don't know how, it's not there.
0: So, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, when you talk about, since we're talking about love, love is deeper than the eye, right. what the eye see. So, let me ask you, what does love look like
2: to you? What is love? How do you, how do you get through, how do you get through love on a daily basis? For a woman, what does love look like? What does it behave like? What does it mean? Because... A man may think love is one thing and a woman could be someplace else on the spectrum
0: true
1: so you're asking you want so i'm ask? asking
2: black woman perspective what does love from a black man look like feel like behaves like and does
0: i don't want to speak for all black women True. That's what I don't want to, because I think it may mean different things to different people based on their experience. Correct. And And their their needs. True. Um, But I will say, for me, I believe love is unconditional. unconditional, uh, Someone that's loyal. Take no records of wrongs. Everything that scripture says. Exactly. I believe that's what kind, compassionate, giving, caring, yes. and protection. That's gonna, gonna ride with you. Yeah, women and, and that's have your women women, ride and die too. Women, that's not ride. just what men want,
1: it's women want And that too.
0: I, I think this will be speaking for the black women, for all black women. Black men need to speak up for black women, yes. period. Yes, hallelujah. And let the car we, say. Amen. We, we've hel- held held it down, the household, when you guys were taken away from us way back when. hmm And we still hold y'all down to this day. But when we're out here, like the Gabrielle Union situation with Terry Cruz, mm-hmm. and kind of like how he did her. I
1: don't <laughs> know. He kind
0: of threw her under the bus. What happened with that, sir? I don't know. That, sir. <clears throat> well A couple of weeks or months ago, Gabrielle Union made a claim against America's Got Talent. She was on the show on how they had unfair treatment on the set. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And she wasn't brought back to be one of the hosts on the show. And um, Terry Crews was on the Today Show, and he said he has, um, he, he feels that, America's Got Talent is the most diverse place he ever worked at. He didn't see it that way. He went on to say he don't have to speak for all women. The only woman he he needs to please is his wife to so watch he speak. But then the catch-22, he said his wife told him not to say anything. But yet. He was on today's show. It says something. Has he been a host on that show? Yeah, he's a host on oh, the show okay. now. Okay. But when Terry Crews had that issue where he claimed someone sexually harassed him, right, Gabrielle Union was one of the people that had his back. A lot of women his back. One had of the first back. people that spoke on his behalf.
1: Right. <laughs> so. So that's a prime example where we go to bat. Because you think about it, even Black Lives Matter. Of course, we're talking about men and women, but it started because our black men were being treated fairly. That movement was started by a black women. So we've always been down for our black men and held them up. But that's a whole nother topic. But like you are saying, how you define love, for me, all of that, it's also vulnerability. If you're able, if you're vulnerable to someone, it opens you up and it doesn't, I don't see it as you're coming from a place of weakness, but you're coming from a place of being open and sharing and learning from each other. Because if a person doesn't really know you, can they really love you? They haven't seen all of you. So if you're talking about love, that's part of unconditional love, all of it. The good, the bad, the happy, the sad, all of that. But you need to be able to express that and share those experiences with the person that you say you're in love with because that's how you grow together. And that's part for me, defining love is someone you could grow, th- grow with through it all. So in addition to what Keisha said, the protection, the kindness, the caring, the passion, all of that, but like we said, some people define it differently based on their own experience, based on what they've been exposed to. I know I have people in my family, especially the women, who to this day they don't they probably can't define love, yeah, because they didn't experience it from their own parents. So if you didn't if you haven't experienced love, well, you didn't grow up in a loving environment.
2: A like
1: type of love. Well, yeah. A
2: dysfunction? Or if you've experienced a perverted type of love growing up. Yeah. Or if you've witnessed love that was dysfunctional. Right. We are only as good as our environment that we're in. So... Until you, you learn the difference, until you as Angela and decide Myers, so to break the cycle. When you know better,
0: you do better. You do better. Oh my God! The best example of that was Devon Franklin
1: oh, standing niggity. up to his
0: wife, standing up for his wife. Oh yes, I saw that. Oh my God! Yeah. He's, they were at this conference. He's a minister. He's a yeah, minister. Yeah. And they wrote a book together about waiting because they waited until they were married to have sex or whatever. They were practicing abstinence or whatever. But uh, the lady, it was an audience member that had a question for his wife Megan and um, she asked her, she said you're going to stop dressing like that in movies, right? Because now she Not that she's you, you know, the first lady with or whatever. A pastor. Yeah. You're going to stop dressing and being prov- provocative. And Devon Franklin was like Wait a minute. A minute. <laughs> <Hold up. laughs> Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. I can't. We, we appreciate you coming today, but I can't have you talking to my wife like that. Shut it down. Yes. And in a respectable she, way. Shut it down. Talk to her out of anger yeah, No, Nope. He came at her very respect. Megan didn't have to say she she didn't nothing. She did
2: nothing. Yeah,
1: okay. So
0: Nothing. So he so, praised so his wife. He lifted her.
1: Nothing. And then... Stated that he accepts her the way she is. She said, he she, said
0: she can wear whatever she want to wear. <laughs> he, I mean, he held sh- his
1: wife down. Shut it down. In front of so what, thousands. So the question
0: becomes, looking back
2: into his past, and what, uh, how did he learn that? How does he know to say that? How does he know to recognize that? Most men don't know to recognize that. We don't know. I think part of that, well, it's like you don't if you don't know, you don't know. Or if you don't know, you go on a conditioned response. And let me tell you, a typical male response, may or may she damn well better keep dressing like that. But you know, for me, but he would not I'm not sure if even that's right, but again, how do you know, even as a as a man or even as a woman, how do you know? That's the right language.
1: I think. Well, now you're getting into the whole love languages. But (laughs) if nothing else, you should always respect your spouse. Yep. So say he he might have kind of agreed with her, but we talked about this actually in one of my my communication class. But you don't call your spouse out in public or criticize them public if you have. If there that is goes a criticism. both ways. Right. Oh, yeah. Now that's a spouse or significant other. So, but that's a matter of respect. So, had said, if he did agree with her, he still could have held his wife up and be like, that's between me and her, for her, for us to have that discussion. And still listen to his wife and I love her as is. And then when they got home, like, well, you know, she kind of had a point. I have been feeling this way, whatever. But it's how you do it.
0: Your actions and how you feel. So but the point about it, he was a man. I was so proud of that brother. Yeah. I mean, I could have gave. Yeah. I gave him my and name. That comes through the protection. Protection. And they protection Protection. protection. Everybody wanna be protected. Yes. Every woman. Yes. I don't care what color you are. And so many times. Our women are disrespected and the spouse or the partner don't say anything. Right. Have you, Have you
1: found love on the run? Yes. And Elaborate, please.
2: I choose not to. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: respect, respect that, that. Yes. and we appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing your perspective on what love on the run means to you yes thank you thank you thank you you for being a part of our show and you have your own podcast as well tell everybody where they can listen to yours world-renowned author all of that yeah uh
2: i have a podcast called lenny gray l-e-n-n-i-e g-r-a-y it's a historical fiction podcast so if you're on a road trip or you commute to work each episode is between 15 and 30 minutes long And uh, it follows a black family for 30 years, a lot of relationship dysfunction in it. Uh, So it's a really great podcast. I also have a second podcast called A Reader's Paradise, where I interview authors who write everything from children's books to science fiction and romance books. So you can go over there to A Reader's Paradise
1: what's your website too so that
2: you can find the podcast on any of the platforms iTunes, Google Play Spotify, iHeartRadio that sort of thing or you can go to LennyGray.com
1: alright, well thank you thank you very much
2: and by the way she knows exactly who she
1: is who she?
0: <laughs>
1: his love. <mom>, his love. <laughs> I said she oh. knows
2: exactly who she is.
1: Hey guys, we're back. We hope you enjoyed the interviews, different perspectives on how couples and singles balance their health goals with their family and life goals. And hopefully you learned something new. Maybe learned the tips. Gain something from it. Um, well, maybe you had an aha moment. Could be. A, maybe it's been an issue in your relationship, and now you have some tools to kind of help you better maneuver through it. So we hope you enjoyed it and learned something from it,
0: and we hope you take our advice and get out there. If you're a walker, if you're a runner. Although it's winter on good days when we do have agreeable temps, don't hesitate to let the fresh wind hit your face. Yes.
1: Makes your body come alive. Let you know that you're alive. Absolutely. and a new perspective on life, I think. That's my thing.
0: And as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we definitely, you uh, One of our goals is to inspire. So we hope we inspire you guys to. um, The goal is not to make you all love running because some of you may not even enjoy it. But we want to inspire you to fall in love with yourself.
1: Self love. February isn't just about love of others is also the love of yourself sometimes you have to put yourself first so that you have enough in you to love others
0: correct it starts with you yes so if that means journaling as we mentioned earlier with the gratitude journal and writing down things that you're grateful for to start your day or putting up your favorite quote or scripture whatever rejuvenates you and gets you motivated, make sure you you try to start incorporating that. Yes. Um, so we appreciate you all, again, tuning in. We got some great things coming for you oh, all yes. in March. March, we have the year planned out, so we got some it's good things a- for you guys. March is a special month, uh-huh. so be looking out for it. I know you all have seen What A Man Monday, the Wonder Woman Wednesday. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, check it out. We're here to inspire, uplift, motivate. And from this month, from our soul to, to your, your hearts. hearts, we hope you have a great rest of the week rest of the month we love you guys take care walk
1: in love take care